What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Tuesday. It's Tuesday, but it's really Monday, technically, or Wednesday, depending on how you follow the show. I'm John Browner. That's Jason Lawhead. And this is Browner and Lawhead right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. Almost forgot to move that thing. We are brought to you by the Kaplan and Crew, who is the basically the head of the snake. If a snake had legs, we'd be that brown and law head. We've got a lot on the show for you here. You can find everything on today's show on podcast. You can find everything on today's show on YouTube under the Kaplan and Crew headline. You can also find us on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. And that's what we do here. We have fun with the facts, man. Y'all already know the news, so we're here to have fun with the facts. And we got a lot of facts. Oh, actually, we got a lot of speculation. We're going to talk money. We're going to talk big money. But before we talk big money, let's talk to the big man himself, Jason Law here. What's up, brother? What up, man? How was your uh, President's Day weekend? It was cool. Only celebrate a couple presidents. So I don't necessarily, you know, there's some of them I just don't rock with. So I'm talking about you, Ronald Reagan. So there's (laughs) a lot of... uh, a lot of uh, uh unpresidential. Well, Matt, you didn't buy any uh, uh half-off mattresses or anything. Did you hit any sales or anything? Anything uh, exciting like that? I haven't. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell yeah. you something that's very honest about me. I haven't reached the age yet where I shop mm-hmm. for a mattress on right. President's Day. That's a yeah. different level of adult. I'm not that. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. <laughs> yet. When you yeah, find yourself, <laughs> when you find yourself on President's Day, going, "Ooh, mattress sales." Let me go to a mattress firm or right. any of these any of these bed stores that are lurking around here somehow magically. Eh, weird how it just know? made it made it just weird how it just attached itself to President's Day. Right. You know, that's that's what you think of presidents laying on mattresses. Cool, right. cool, cool, cool. I mean, everybody's gotta have their holiday, right? Like uh chocolate got Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. That seems to mm-hmm. appropriately fit. Uh Thanksgiving got turkeys. That seems to appropriately fit. And President Day, y'all got a mattress. Yeah, so, I don't get you know, it. If you do, does every living president does every living president get a free mattress every President's Day? Like is 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 uh who Arrow the air mattress people like yo yo, hey Jimmy Carter. That would that would be a yeah well he's getting a version of one here soon, but um. Yeah, that would be a good. That would be yeah, you're a good. Get that permanent mattress in the yeah, sky. He's getting, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that would be a good pro- promotion to tie in, right? Like, actually, deliver a, a, a free mattress to the White House. Mike Lynn, Mike Lynn, Mike Lynn, Mike. I don't. I listen. I don't want uh, Mike Lindell delivering anything to anybody at this point. He might try to make President's Day a pillow day. Yeah, knowing him, he's slick. He's a slickster. Um, well, I lost my mic for a second, but I'm back. I know, I know. I talk. I talked this through it. Mm-hmm. On on today's show, we've got to break down some money talk with Manny Machado's uh, contract. We've got to talk about the franchise tag and Lamar Jackson. And I don't know well, who the hell needs to do an intervention with Daniel Jones, but somebody needs to sit down with him because he some things you just can't let out. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna get to, we're gonna get to that. We definitely gonna talk about uh, the All Star Game, uh, uh, but I want to start with Manny Machado because it's now known 
because he said it, and it's not speculation, that Manny Machado is going to opt out of his contract remaining, I think it's five years on it, and a, a large sort, sum of money that you know he doesn't want because he wants more. This is a calculated risk by both parties. This is a calculated risk by the Padres. There's an absolute calculated risk by Manny Machado. And I think what Manny Machado will find is that trying to play in a contract situation ain't for everybody. And I say that to say this. You find out who people are under pressure. Manny Machado 100% can play baseball under pressure. He can hit with two strikes. He can hit with the game on the line because that's literally what he does. He can do that in his sleep. What he doesn't do is fight over hundreds of millions of dollars while trying to do that. Normally, when a player is negotiating a contract, they've already got that money. They already got it. Well, they already got it lined up. So when you start the season, you don't have to talk about it or think about it because guess what? It's distracting when you're talking about generational wealth and you got to hit a 3-2 fastball. That's just the way things go. Of all sports, I think that you should never, never bet on yourself risk versus reward type situation. What he's doing is baseball. Because baseball is the most mental game of all the games. Football is the most physical Basketball is the most athletic, most athletic. Baseball is the most mental. It grinds on your mind. It grinds on your psyche. And you know what you don't want when you're up to bat? To start struggling. Because when you start struggling, you know what reporters start doing? They start asking you about your contract. And you can answer one or two questions. But when you get to question, I don't know, 400 on game 60, you had enough. And then your attitude changes. Your approach to the reporters change. The rep- your approach to your teammates change. Because everybody knows what's going on with the Padres. This is a race to see who gets paid between, in my opinion, obviously, I don't have any inside information on this. This is just what I believe. This is a race to see who gets paid between Soto and Machado. That's what this is going to come down to. What Manny Machado has done for the San Diego Padres has been fantastic. He has helped turn this ship around. But now you are looking at a situation where there is a race to get paid. Are you going to pay a younger guy who is as good at his position defensively as the guy as, as Manny Machado and who may hit for more power and more average and is younger? It's a race to get paid, Jason. Who do you say – let me back that up a little bit. Jason, do you believe Manny Machado's uh, uh, turning down the Padres' offer is a good thing or a bad thing to be betting on himself? Opting out of the off? Yes. <clears throat> Opting out. I don't think it's a bad move. I think um, if the Padres were to button this up really quick, it could be a good move for all parties involved and even the future landscape of what they offer and how they go after Soto. Um, Look, at the end of the day, Darvish signed a longer-term deal, but for less money annually, you would have had to somehow come up with a larger sum annually over the next handful of years, depending on what kind of pitcher you were going to pay more money for because you need to get that more money pitcher or at least keep that more money pitcher like you did with Darvish. So, you know, you've got money to find in the annual role there where you're saving. You've got to be able to, I think, you know, when you look at uh, everything else, you know, you you sit here and, and Machado goes, look, the, I panned out, okay? I panned out on this deal. And the reason you're spending money like crazy everywhere else is because I panned out. 
if I didn't pan out and I didn't play above my value halfway through this 10-year deal, you wouldn't be throwing money all over the wall everywhere else because you'd be sitting here going, how do we best spend our money after Machado not panning out, Tatis going through what he went through, whatever. Like So I know I'm not the only one that panned out, but I'm the leader. I'm the big first name. I'm the first guy, the first big trophy fish you went and got to start, you know, decorating your man cave. So, um, you know, the best thing that I think they can do is maybe try to button this up. It's obvious that, you know, the long-term deal, he's halfway through something. He's seeing all these other guys getting contracts into their forties. It's a no brainer that he's going to want that. I think he'll work with the Padres in the long run. And I think, he'll be able to keep away that kind of contentious manner if there is any. And I think San Diego press, if they at least pick up on, you know, baseball press, if they pick up on the fact that he's willing to work with San Diego and talks are good and open as things go on, that question won't be as lingering for at least the short term. Obviously the longer that goes on, perhaps if he doesn't hit, perhaps if the Padres aren't, hitting the benchmarks, the expectations had, you know, July, August, whatever, then obviously there'll be more of a knock at the door. But I think right now it's probably in good footing. And I think if the way the Padres have exemplified what they're doing and the way Machado, I think that has a good chance of just keeping it low on the down low and getting a deal done. Oh, okay. Well, hmm. you don't see it that way. No, I don't. I don't see it that way at all. I let's remember why he came, why he chose San Diego because they gave him more money than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. This organization, with the reputation that he had at the time in baseball, wasn't great. wasn't great at all. And of all of all the teams out there, they found him to be suitable to give him a generationally life-changing contract and in my opinion Manny Machado has served his purpose within that contract he has been the face of the franchise he has been the person to steady the boat when the water got rocky and guess what that's what they paid him for they paid him for his performance that he's currently giving them now the opt-out puts you in a very sticky situation because if you choose to opt out, this is professional sports. We paid you for the year you gave us. Because you, sir, you, and I, I'm, I'm going I'm to keep throwing this in everybody's face. I need to know. You, Mr. Lawhead, mm-hmm. you are one of the people in the Otani boat. You think Otani is so amazing. Which, okay, that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. I accept it. I respect it. But when he's a free agent and Manny Machado's a free agent, who you who are you giving the first contract offer to? The guy who has helped you turn the ship around? The guy who's been here for you? Who also opted out because he wants more money? Or you gonna give it to the guy who people consider to be the best player in multiple generations of baseball with the ability to hit and pitch? Well, I think uh, I would go with Otani. That's the dilemma now. 
That's I would the, go with that, time because there we go. You're gonna, and there you're we go. Get a, you're gonna get an arm to go along with it. You still got a lot of other pieces in the lineup. He's in the lineup. I mean, I get yes, but I'm in that argument. I'm taking Otani for a multitude of reasons, and that takes nothing away or diminishes what. Look, San, San Diego. The, that opt out in was in there. It was in there. That opt out was in there within five years. It was in there. And, you know, I, if I'm San Diego, I sell the fact that, like, look, we put that in there to know that, like, if you were hitting it, it out of your minds, we were going to renegotiate. We were trying to give you, you know, that leverage within the contract. And, and you know, by both sides who agreed to say, you know, in five years, you know, push us into a corner. It, you know, it would be a good problem right. to have. And they're at a good problem to have moment right now. I think both parties, especially the Padres, with the way they've exemplified the way they've spent money and, and don't don't worry about spending money. And, you know, did they give a couple of guys extra, a couple of years extra too long? Maybe in the, in the you know, semantics and the analysis of things, but in the financial state of things. Yeah, but in the financial stakes of things, if this is the money Seidler has and he's willing to spend it, then it isn't really at the end of the day. It's not that bad of a deal. Uh, So, you know, make another one, pitch another offer here. He's going to want 10 years. I mean, he's going to want another long, at least eight to 10. I mean, he's 33, 34 he'll be. He's going to want let to be me, into the again, Yeah. Let me pose the same question to you that I've asked the other two people in the other squares on the other show. If at the <laughs> end of the day, <laughs> the choice will be because they're going to get into the Otani sweepstakes because this that's what this team does now. Mm-hmm. They cut checks. This is yeah. what they do. They're going to get in that sweepstakes. And if it costs you Manny Machado, who, if he has a Manny Machado year, is great. It's 30. But, it, but if he has a Manny Machado year and Otani has an Otani year, according to people like you, it's not even close who you give the money to. It's not even a discussion. So he would have now helped build this thing up into what it is. And I'm not saying he should give them a hometown discount. He would have helped build this thing up to what it is, got out at the wrong time wanting more, and basically end up getting more now from somewhere else after he watched this thing build up. And to me, I just think that's a that's a gamble. That's a gamble that by taking that gamble, you've exposed yourself to oh, too many things that could go wrong for you as a player and for your in your future as 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 a as a, as a major league baseball player. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, you know, all I can say is look if the Padres are going to go after Otani, Otani's going to get a big, big number. He's going to get a huge number. He's probably going to get the record amount. Yes. I mean, yes. So I don't know if like, yeah, the, the Padres can go like thrown around in that arena. Will they be down into the sights of the last two that have a chance to sign this guy? I don't believe that. I don't, I don't see that happening. And if they are, then, then Machado will be no problem. Well, there was a tiny Machado will be no problem if they can just throw around Otani money. I mean, in the, I, in the original setup for Otani, it was rumored that the Padres were one of the finalists, and the reason why they didn't get him was because they didn't have a DH. They, that was that was reportedly the only reason why they did not get him. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. 
But what I do know, if that exists, and now if I'm Otani, I'm, I look around, I get to move from Anaheim or Los Angeles, wherever he lives, go play in a better ballpark on a better team that has shown the ability to attempt to win, and it's on the way up. How about all the ways you can, all the usage you can get out of this guy with the DH rule now implemented in National League Baseball, with the fact that he can pitch and, and still hit nothing two on that day, the fact that he can go play first base, I mean, the fact that he can go play the outfield, like the fact that he can do all these things, pitch, I mean, I, I don't know how he doesn't demand the greatest contract in the history of sports. I, he will I get it. He will get it. He will get it. Did, that's not the discussion I'm having. I know he's going to get it. The question is, because Manny Machado has now opened this door, because he's chosen to open this door, by the way, that I, I, I'm almost certain, somewhere around All-Star break, he will try to close that door. Because he's also going to know, hey, man, these guys are going to get in that. So either mm-hmm. I figure this out before I get to that, or I'm going to have to find another address. I think, I think he's smart enough to know that. And I think the Padres organization is shrewd enough to play this game all the way to the wall. Yeah, and Machado's only 30. I looked it up. I thought for some reason he feels a few years older. He's 30. He's going to be 31 in July or June, whatever it was. And, um, you know, that's 10 years. He's going to want that's going to he's going to want that 10 years. Look, man, and I think that would that would give the Padres two guys in their 40s making 20. 30 to 35 million dollars a year. That's a that's dumb. No one should be doing that. I don't think they should be doing that. Make put the money in the years where he would be most productive. So if you're going to give him a 10-year deal, the 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 top end of that money better be at the very beginning and nowhere near the end because that would be disastrous for you to be giving this cat 40 million dollars when he's 39 years old. Ask the yeah. Angels you give him 385 or something you offer him 385 and you make uh the first handful of years over 40 and the last handful of years around 30 cuz i don't i me personally i think that they, i think he's going to come back cuz i think he i think he's smart enough to get this worked out around all-star break before he hits free agency, and I mean, it doesn't matter what type of season he's having. If he's down, if he's up, I think he's going to want to get this figured out similar to, lo- similar to what Joe Musgrove did, who was having a spectacular season mm-hmm. up to the point when he signed that contract. So I don't necessarily see this this spilling out into free agency, into into the streets, as they say. Yeah. Because if it because if it does, if it does, at the consolation prize of Manny Machado, if you're in a Shohei Otani sweepstakes according to people, not me, according to people, you, you know, you'd be the loser. But they got a clubhouse of guys that not only can win a title, they've got a clubhouse of guys. If they're around for, uh, you know, a handful of years, they could win multiple. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm talking, you're talking about, this is a mighty, mighty clubhouse with guys like this staying on, you know, on contract renewing, getting, getting into sweepstakes for other guys like Otani. I mean, <laughs> this is a formidable clubhouse. I would say starting this year, starting this year, regardless of what happens the next year, because they still have Soto, quote unquote, on the books for next year as well. Regardless of what happens, this is the start of a four-year run that they should be either in World Series contention, like in the game, 
or in the championship series. Right. They get the series before. Anything else other than that would be an utter bust. And I think the ownership knows that. I think these guys know that. I think the manager knows that. I think they got a taste of – I think everybody in this ball club got a taste of winning last year. Yeah, and it, I and agree. It, and, it, and it was intoxicating. Having the park and the city be electric just because you're around, I think that was intoxicating to the ownership group. I think that was intoxicating to these players. By the way, I think that was intoxicating to Bob Melvin. And these guys are coming in hot off an aroma that only winning can give you. And so I don't think there will be any other way for them to cut this cake other than to have it be cut in, in a championship way during the World Series. So I, this is a gamble that Manny Machado is taking. I, me personally, I would recommend this if I was his agent. I would tell him, hey, man, let me worry about the contract. You worry about hitting baseballs. I wouldn't cut off any negotiations because now you're going to constantly be asked about your contract. Well, you're going to be asked about it either way. We're going to ask more questions when we come back because paying people. We got more questions about paying people and what they want. You won't believe when we come back on Brown and Lohead right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. Second half for the podcast, John Browner, Jason Lawhead on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. The Browner and Lawhead show. It's either the podcast or the show. Everything that you've heard on the show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, you can find on YouTube. You can find in the iTunes podcast or under Kaplan and Crew. Browner and Lawhead, we are the show with the date next to it. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe that thing. Uh, if you just joined us, we have been talking about Manny Machado's Opt out that he has now uh, declared himself opting out of, into free agency at the end of the year. What that could mean for the Padres, what that could mean for the for him, and what that could mean for the free agent market. If you guys want to catch that, head over to those things that I spoke of before iTunes and YouTube to catch that replay of that at any time on download. Again, like, share, and subscribe. I'm John Brown, as always, joined by comedian extraordinaire and interior design expert and chef mm -hmm. of food that I mean, I don't eat it, but. It's supposed to be really good. Tofu. I don't know. Never had it. I cook, I cook more than that, but yeah, you know. Where healthy, healthy where, food. What was the what was there you go? Healthy food. I don't eat healthy food. That's how I keep this slim figure. It's all poison. Um what was the last thing you cooked on the internet? The last thing, oh, I haven't cooked a while on the internet. I can't I couldn't even tell you. Maybe like a a, a fried eggplant parmesan. See, people, that's the meaning y'all working with. So if y'all into that, go learn something new. The best thing go about riding. doing a cooking the best thing about doing a cookie show, never gets old. It's new no. to somebody every time. Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh speaking of speaking of things that never get old to people, arguing over money. Look, the franchise tag in the NFL for one uh Lamar Jackson kind of well, let's update y'all on the Lamar Jackson story. So I'm gonna read this for you guys if you can't see it. Reportedly, Lamar Jackson turned down a five-year extension worth $250 million with $133 million guaranteed. The Ravens exercised Jackson's fifth-year option worth $23 million in 2022, and they're more than likely going to exclusive franchise tag him, which would put him at $45 million a year. Look, there are two people on this list that we're going to talk about. One is Lamar Jackson. The other is Daniel Jones. One is what's wrong with the system. The other needs to let the system break itself. There's no reason why 
Lamar Jackson shouldn't be paid by the Baltimore Ravens. But because of the way that football operates and because of what they think of him physically, they're going to put him through the ringer in this particular situation. While on the other side of this coin, Daniel Jones has come out and asked for $45 million a year. If you are a sports fan, there's still a good chance you have no idea who the hell Daniel Jones is. And if we now, from a quarterback perspective, have to live in a world where Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, uh, uh, Geno Smith, and Justin Herbert are all kind of basically all in the same damn pay bracket, the system's broken. The system's broken. I've been the guy saying this for so long that the NFL quarterback pay structure, the next man up gets the money, the system is broken. Somebody's going to have to bite the bullet. I always thought it would be somebody like Daniel Jones. Now it looks like it's going to be Lamar Jackson, and that is an utter travesty. And if Lamar Jackson is not signed by the Ravens, the curse of Lamar Jackson should kick in, and it should never win anything again. It should never win anything again. That's my belief on it. That's why I stand on it. Because if Daniel Jones can find somebody to pay him $45 million, you mean to tell Lamar Jackson can't get his money guaranteed? Fully? 100%? If the deal they offered him, because let me look at this, let me pull this again. The deal they offered him was worth 250 guaranteed 202 Whatever it is to overdo Deshaun Watson, do it by a penny. Do it by a penny. What's the problem? What's the problem? He's been the best thing for your franchise since the day he came in the league. He's one of the more exciting players to watch, and not having him hurts the NFL. So what's the problem? You want to see some more Tyler Hundley? You want more of that? (laughs) Do you think that, Jason, do you think Daniel Jones' request by his new agent at $45 million a year will be near or equal to what Lamar Jackson gets. Well, it'll be crazy if if Daniel Jones can get that money. Um, uh, However, you strike when you can, right? You strike, uh, you, you have the giants pushed into an area where you go, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm the guy that you went out and uh, got originally. I have fulfilled the destiny of getting us to the playoffs in this much time. I won a playoff game on the road. Um, I'm here. Um, I'm the fans are most of what behind me um, with, you know, certain reservations, but here it is, make a decision. What are you going to do? Um, and then, you know, I'd be surprised you got that money, but that's the play. That's the play. And just like anything, when you're somewhere so long and you had the success really early and then maybe there's been a little off the field relationship front office stuff maybe the ultimate success still hasn't come down the pike um it's been a long time it feels like if you're a ravens fan since the last playoff win or tasting any playoff success it feels like a long time especially as quick as the Bengals have just come around your shoulder and and kind of stolen the spotlight and have been in all these big games and gotten to a Super Bowl and gotten back to the situation that they've been in and uh you know so that's a that that feeling's always different right like you know Baltimore you know obviously I'm sure 
It has something to do with, you know, how he handles his situation. They're going to try to bully around a family, a mother, you know, they're not going to work with, you know, the, the system as much as, you know, the Daniel Joneses. they're going to come in there with the briefcase and the lawyer, and they're going to sit down and going to go, Hey, here's why we're doing it. Daniel loves being here, but you look, you know, I mean, there's other franchises that would love to have this guy and they'll give him a signing bonus up front, whatever. Like, so I mean, the Giants might be in a situation where it's just pay Jones this much counter with that and let's seal this deal and see if we can move on from here, you know, and grow and and, and take the next step with winning more playoff games. And uh, Baltimore just seems like no matter how it ends, even if they franchise tag them, it's always going to be a walk on shells moment here um with with them unless you know but if they're turning down the you know i mean if that if their offer is the 250 202 guaranteed 30 million dollar signing but i mean and he's turning that down i mean they're they're far apart other than just franchise tagging him and hoping that the relationship can be workable and manageable over that course of three years they're saying that if they it's projected that if he's franchise tagged three years in a row, the third year is seventy four million dollars. Like this is, I would take is, that. <laughs> this is just, if just you're if you. if you're if you're Baltimore, you're you're playing a very dangerous game that you don't have to play. You literally don't have to play this game. You can sit. I believe if they sat with Lamar Jackson and didn't treat him like an agent, you set him down and you talk to him like the quarterback you need, financially, you could come to some space. Now, for all we know, they may have tried that. And he sat down like the agent Lamar Jackson and played himself because that could happen too. I'm not above thinking Lamar Jackson can't play himself or overplay his hand because he thinks he's got leverage. Leverage is like sand. The more you think you got it, the more you try to squeeze it, less you have of it. And if the Ravens look around and go, hey, man, listen, this Richardson kid from Florida, hey, man, this looks like what we already got. We'll move up to 10 and take him, and you can go kick rocks, bro. We'll trade you to the Colts. We'll trade you to the Texans. You tell us how you like that. So I I don't know what happens with Lamar Jackson, but I can tell you right now, if Daniel Jones gets $45 million and Lamar Jackson gets franchised, hell's going to fall from the sky. Up's <laughs> going to be down. East's going to be west. Okay? Because this ain't going to – this would be bad for the NFL if Daniel Jones were to get that money. Because now every Joe Schmo, because that's what he is, every Joe Schmo who has a decent year with their contract year coming up is going to want to break the bank. I don't care – who you are, because now precedent will be set with Daniel Jones. Dak Prescott was the waffle moment. It was like, eh, eh, okay. The the NFL itself has created this desperate need, this desperate need. So it's everything supply and demand. So when you create this desperate need to turn it around immediately or get a team together or capitalize on this draft and, and do everything and hire this coach and, and throw it all at, you know, so the desperate need demand of the NFL, just like any, uh, Oh, Joe Schmo wanted, want us to play. They like, look, they, 
opened up that can of worms by rewarding the Joe Schmoes for the last 25, 30 years with money that the Joe Schmoes should have never seen. And then, like I said, you get somewhere off to a good start immediately. That place gets comfortable. The relationship gets comfortable. It becomes more of what I demand, what I expect from you, what you expect from me. So the Ravens expect Lamar to be just, you go, you go do, do the stuff you've been doing and just do it that way. And Lamar wants, I want more respect for what the way I've been doing everything, the way you've wanted me to do it. And then some, and so, and, and that's where it all, and that's where, the Joe Schmo is just laughing his way to a, a paycheck. And the guy that is truly the all pro and the MVP is in this tug of war. And how you can't even explain it. Like it's such soap opera drama within the NFL off season. It's like watching, you know, the days of our lives kind of like, Ooh, the Jack, you know, Lamar Jackson is not getting treated fairly. And how does Joe Schmo just keep falling into just money and everything, right? Money. It's really, it's like one of these stupid, um, you know, um, but that will always be. The, the, the NFL, you know, created the demand for the Johnny come lately. Speaking of Johnny come lately, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but listen to this. And I want to tell y'all why this is, I'm not going to call it silly but it's, it's an overstatement and i like everyone standing including us young fella and a reverse. i have one thing to say welcome to the nba <laughs> <laughs> that was nba saturday night uh matt mcclung's uh one of his 50s in the dunk contest uh, <laughs> look, man, I'm going to tell y'all something. There are people saying that, oh, Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. He brought the dunk contest. It's back. You can't bring something back that's been dead for 15 years. When did Vince Carter leave the dunk contest? When did that, about 15, 16 years ago? Whenever Vince Carter and Trace McGrady did their dunk off, to me, it died after that. This young fella ain't going to save it. No. Because those dunks were just... They, we've seen every dunk. We've seen it from a short guy. We've seen it from a big guy. We've seen it from a black guy. We've seen it from a white guy. Look at John Dr. Seuss right there. We've seen the dunks from all shapes and sizes. There are no more new dunks. There are no, no more new dunks. And to top it off, the All-Star game was quite possibly, and I'm a diehard NBA fan. I have no embarrassment in saying that. That may have been the grossest display of basketball I have ever seen from people that good on that level of stage. So to me, and I, I can't wait to hear, Jason, what you would do. To me, there's no way to fix what happened in the NBA All-Star game. So the only solution is to not play the game anymore. Don't play the game. You can have the Saturday night. The guys can get together. They can have fun. And at some point, you can honor all the guys who are All-Stars. And you can, as a league or as, a, as an organization, you can donate a million dollars of charity to any of these guys' charitable organizations, and that's their reward for being an all-star. You're an all-star. Hey, I'm Jason Tatum. My charity is XYZ. Hey, I'm LeBron James. My charity is XYZ. That's the best you can do. Because subjecting people to that was disgusting. It was disgusting. Now, you know... 
the amount of entertainment that you can give to someone in an all-star game of any platform, whether it be football or baseball, it's difficult. But of all the all-star games, the NBA used to be the best. And I've never seen a all-star performance of any sport worse than that. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I wouldn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I already known that that game has gone down and that game has gone downhill for many years. It's hit the rock bottom of the bottom of pits. Um, I was actually at the San Diego Gulls game that night at, uh, at the sports arena. It was a lot of fun. The Gulls lost, but it was a lot of fun, you know, going out and watching the, the Gulls. It's a good time inside the uh, arena there. But the NBA All-Star game, man, I mean, it is just why. It, all of it. And the whole, like you said, the weekend has lost its luster over all the years. The the dunk contest hasn't been anything for two decades. The three-point contest, I, all these like celebrity games, not, none of this is appealing. Um, you want to make the game appealing, make the game appealing by um, playing it to first to 100. And the winning team gets a nice financial, because if first to 100 means both teams will play hard defense on every possession because they'll know stops are important. And if it's just first to a hundred, right, then you're going to get a great game with guys knowing that they might not even have to play 48 minutes, right? You can still sub. You just run a clock, a 12 minute clock. So, you know, your first break, but no even clock, if it's no a, clock or no well, clock. well, just run, run the clock so you can get like your quarter breaks in your, your, your halftime. But even if the game might end in the end of the third quarter or with only a few minutes, because it's still first to 100, you just play it first to 100. Eventually, you're going to get such great basketball from two sides playing it to 100 because 100 could probably come even with really good defense. It might come in extra time. It might take more than 48 minutes with the way teams, guys, and athletes can can contest when they really want to play because you'll mm-hmm. you'd get the only – because you'd get – a, a playoff effort for one night and you can sell them on it where it's like, dude, the payday's great. You get charity stuff too, but the payday's great or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, you got eight, we're giving you eight or nine, eight days off for this all-star break as it is, you know, come play it with some playoff intensity that night, give the fans a hell of a show. And we are only going to play to a hundred. I think you could sell that to those guys going do that. That would be fun. You'd, you'd be getting really good defensive uh, efforts. You'd be getting great heads up IQ ball play, um, you know, trying to win that game. And that's the only way if you don't do that, just scrap it. Throw it in the garbage. Throw the whole thing in the garbage. If you're just going to play basketball the way you've been playing basketball without some extraordinary rule change to make it like so out of the – it's over. It's over. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. I think that – I agree with you, man. I love basketball far too much to watch that again. I watched it. I watched it. I it mean, was, as bad was, as the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game has kind of gotten where it's just like, uh, you know, uh, look, this is like they play like if the if baseball didn't even go for the grounder, like a grounder hit towards it. And he was just like, let it like go. Let it roll. Like, like, like that's the NBA level of of engagement to the game. Right. Like, I swear to God. It's pathetic. Like, like just like oh yeah, it, hit, it was hit right by you. Yeah, why didn't you go? Eh, yeah, whatever. It's an all. That's the all star game. Yeah, let him get a hit. It's ah. an all star game. 
right? I, I mean, I, I, I think that this, there are a lot of things because the, the commissioner gave a state of the NBA. And I just thought that I've always liked Adam Silver, man. But I think that he's going to be the, he's going to be the collapse of basketball as we, uh, I, yeah, man. I think Adam Silver is going to be the proverbial collapse of the way that we understand basketball. Because now they're talking about doing a midseason tournament for real now. So at this point, he's also saying that guy uh, uh, load management isn't a bad thing. Oh yeah, and that was dumb. Definitely. I I I don't. I, and again, I like Adam Silver. I think he has done a good job, but his inability to understand what fans want versus what players want is going to be what sinks the NBA, and it's going to suck, and it's going to be hard to get it to rebound. But it's going to take a massive loss of revenue from the television partners for these guys to wake up and see that you guys are playing a game and people are paying you large amounts to play for that play that game because they want to see you play the game. There's going to be either be a reduction in games, which everybody quote unquote says they they don't want. When they get that reduction in games, they get that reduction in pay, people will change their attitudes. This idea that guys don't play is just it's so foreign. And then for the commissioner to basically okay it, that makes it worse. That's just gonna be a growing trend. That's just gonna be a growing trend with the younger ball player that comes in. Yep. The more the more they come in, the less they'll play. The more uh-huh. load management they'll take at a younger age. I mean, you're seeing it at like you're, you're like high school kids doing load management. You're too young, man. There is. I mean, you're too young to be load managing right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, it won't be long before LeBron's out of the league and Steph's not too far behind. And yes, there's some great young talent. There is some great young, um, um, exciting players, but how many of them really have that kind of, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out they, okay. they're, they're coming back. Cause we're going Brown and Lawhead. We'll see y'all tomorrow. The mighty right. tonight ESPN. Peace. Peace.